Welcome to the Wookiee Gunners Rebels Chat, part of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network with your host, Jonah Marie, and, <laughs> and the enemy fighters at point three to my oh-so-screwed X-Wing and Y-Wing squadron, <laughs> my mom, Maria. Wow. How long does it took you to get and, out? And I, was trying to think, I was trying to think of something that could be considered a pair. <laughs> And I, I couldn't come up with anything. And then I remembered Mart saying point three. And I'm like, why don't I just use something like that? So Okay. Rebels Chat is a family-friendly podcast where my daughter and I share impressions, reactions, and our favorite moments of the latest Star Wars Rebels episode. In episode 93, we will be talking about Rebels Assault, written by Dave Filoni and Stephen Melching, and directed by Stuart Lee. In Rebel Assault, Hera leads a courageous attack against the forces of Grand Admiral Thrawn, but when things go awry, her battle to win must become a daring escape if she is to survive. The description itself kind of gave us a clue as to the fact that no one else is going to survive this yeah. mission. <laughs> you know, Dave was right in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> everything was so cryptic. <laughs> And you were like, what? <laughs> but wow, how, why, what? Yeah, yeah, Dave Dave is a writer, so we could <sighs> we could attribute some of the blame to him. Because <laughs> uh, a lot of the time people go, Defaloni, when he may not have been part of the decision making. Because like, there's a whole entire team yes. that's part of it. So Filoni acts like the face of this team. I always feel bad when people say stuff. And I'm like, well, it might not have been Dave. <laughs> but this one, it, it was. Because it was written by him and Stephen Melching. So. Uh. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we have the right to go, Dave. Dave. <laughs> I'm still not over the fact that we get to the whole season so far. And in the final one before the break, we only get one, and only we get one. We get a cryptic one. We did, we did get a cryptic one, and <sighs> but it was a good cryptic one. I, I have to admit, I liked no, it. Yeah, but we'll, I loved we'll, it. We'll, but still, man, I have to wait until next year. Did you feel that this mid-season finale wasn't as interesting as the other mid-season finales in nah. the past? You thought this was just as good? Yeah, come on. Not only we don't know what the wolf told Kanan, because they definitely spoke and talk about something, because Kanan is now all-knowing, all I know. Do you think he actually, the wolf actually spoke, or do you think it I don't was know if he spoke, but telepathically, whatever happened, there was communication there. <laughs> <laughs> but on top of that, we lose a lot, whole bunch of, of, of rebel fighters, and Hera gets captured. Yeah. And my question to you is, I took a picture of you when you were <laughs> when you were watching the yeah, show. Yeah, you, you, you like doing that. I wish I had recorded the video of you going, oh, I died! <laughs> <laughs> you were like shaking your fists. Um, but I caught, it, I caught the picture right before you did all that, which was you were covering your mouth because, you know, all this stuff was going down and Hera looks like she's not going to make it. And we know that Hera survives. Because we've yes. heard her in Rogue One, but you still felt like because something this bad. Because the thing. She gets captured. Yes, we know she survives, but who has the possibility of dying 
in the process in the process of, of rescuing, rescuing her. her that's my exact that's the thought. thing yeah like and, and that that's what mm. yeah yeah it's and then that's where the whole thing with Kanan and the wolf happens and that has me <sighs> that has me shivering it has me crying i cannot sleep <laughs> She actually really can't sleep. It's probably not because of Rebels. No. But it's true. <laughs> but I can use Rebels as an excuse. Yes, you can, yeah. Oh. Uh, so moving into the episode, we have Hera and the squadron arriving right away. Like, they cut right to the action. Yes. People have, were pointing out online that Hera is the only character that we've seen that has flown an X-Wing, an A-Wing, a B-Wing... A U-wing, a Y-wing. Uh, all the wings. <laughs> all the wings. Let's just say a, from A to Z yeah. wing. So when people always uh, people always go into the, who's the better pilot? You know, is it Hera? Is it Poe Dameron from Star Wars The Force Awakens? Is it Han Solo? But really, when you look at what Poe and what Flan... Uh, Flan. <laughs> Not Flan. Yeah. Yes, I know. Han. The one within the pan, I know. I know. I, I am... I am craving those desserts yes. but uh han we we've only really seen him fly the millennium falcon and poe we've only seen him fly the x-wing and he also did the tie fighter at the very beginning so poe i would put a little bit above han solo but hera sits at the top yes because just because you pilot one ship and you make that ship look really good and what you do really good doesn't mean that you can actually maneuver and fly other things as well. Um, and Hera does that. She yes. she can take any ship and actually fly it. Fly it with, with, <laughs> with, with honor uh, yeah. as the best. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's impressive. And so yeah. when people say stuff like that, I'm like, Hera's the better pilot. Yeah. Really? I mean, yeah, we haven't really seen Poe tackle anything else, at well, least based on, on screen wise. The, based on the evidence provided to us as of this moment. Yeah. She is the better power. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and I also wanted to pull in a comment from Adjua, who he sent us an email, and he said, I love X-Wings. Seeing these back in the 70s is the reason I have been into aviation since I was five, and I'm a pilot right now. In fact, my favorite scene in all of Star Wars is still the moment the squadrons are preparing to attack the Death Star. There's no music, and all you hear is the high-pitched whine of their turbines as the cockpits close down around them. I used to think that was specially designed for those space engines until I moved to Detroit at 10, rode my first airliner, a DC-9, and heard its APU and engines emit the same high-pitched whine you hear when the Falcon's engines turn on. From then on, I realized I didn't have to fantasize about a lot of this. So the first half was really amazing for me. The first half of the episode. Cool. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool what inspires you to pursue a, a career. Yeah. I know I had several... <laughs> inspirations yeah my, my daughter loves to be many things <laughs> just like her mama uh, but they never really come to fruition though because your concentration is in many different things you suffer the same shortcoming i suffer which is we want to know everything yeah that's true we we, we want to see everything we want to know everything and therefore our concentration is divided among many things right what really what inspired me when i was younger it actually wasn't indiana jones it was daniel jackson yeah <laughs> from stargate sg1 <laughs> 
I loved archaeology and I loved paleontology before that. So I wanted to pursue it. But then, of course, reality sits in and you're like, can I actually make a living out of these temp jobs and move from place to place? Because, you know, there wasn't any archaeology jobs here in New York City. So, yeah, that's why I ended up finding something else. But it's true. Yeah, it's it's cool. What, you know, what little things, things that inspire, inspire you. your imagination and inspire you into doing something, into learning about something. Yeah, yeah. In the squadron, we see Mart Matten, who was part of the Iron Squadron. squadron. And it was neat to see him again. I didn't expect to see him. I thought we would see Wedge or our hobby from the past episodes. I'm curious as to why they included him in this. For a second, I thought when I actually saw him, I thought, oh, man, they're going to kill him off. They're actually going to do what I was dreading, which was, you know, Sato having died in the season three finale. They're going to kill off his nephew. I'm like, why would you do this to me? Why would you take <laughs> out my heart, Dave, and that, stomp no, it on the floor? Bring, bring giving in giving him a little bit of screen time you know yeah yeah i really we, liked it there's a possibility that he may be part of whatever's gonna happen whatever is gonna be that whatever risk is gonna be undertaking yeah in part two in the next in the next episode because you know they're definitely a rescue coming on i hope so i mean there, there can't be something too substantial given that the first victory for the rebels was the stealing of the death star plans mm -hmm. so who knows what is in store for the next episode to me the main the main objective here is to stop the factory, factory. from making those um new fighters the fighters yeah so I, i don't even think of death star plans or whatever we may get a hint of it later towards we will the end. and actually this is something i was going to bring up the fact that in the season four trailer we didn't see tarkin at all And he had shown up in the trailer and he had mentioned the Stardust mm -hmm. project, which is the Death Star. And so I thought, man, maybe that was going to play into the next episode and they're going to pull out the resources for Thrawn's Defender project and focus more on the Death Star. And this is going to piss off Thrawn. <laughs> which is what's going to give us our fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? And speaking of Thrawn... He actually doesn't break a sweat at all. No. During this And entire attack. And he actually attack. admires yeah. the win. <laughs> And compliments. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's like, okay, dude, this is your team. <laughs> <laughs> you're complimenting the opposition i know yeah yeah it's it's very interesting how he uh how he comments i wonder if um if he would have done it for any other because as we saw in in the other episodes when when ezra was flying he kind of said that Dismissed he was mediocre them. yeah he, he was like no that that would not be captain sindula she would have really uh you know eliminated them, and then yeah. if all are if all their pilots were to be like that it would be an issue <laughs> I'm like, that wasn't that, a compliment. That, 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 that was harsh. <laughs> that, that, that was bad for Ezra. But for Hera, he has like top-notch comments. Reference. Yes. <laughs> And then one of the pilots that we also see is uh, what's called a Lutrulian. I have no idea. I've never actually heard of this species. Apparently, they showed up in A New Hope. But it was the one, I thought it was a Wookiee. But oh, yeah, yes. the, the pilot that uh -huh. looks like a Wookiee. But it, they actually look very different. It was cool to see a variety because that's, that's the thing about the Rebellion and, and in comparison to the Empire, the Rebellion has more oppressed people as part of their fight force because the Empire doesn't really accept them. Thrawn yep. is very rare. 
in, in the Imperial ranks. So I really like the fact that we see a lot of aliens. I just wish that we could see more of them in the movies. <laughs> and so this whole space fight goes down. Yes. Unfortunately, pilots are lost right away, like that female pilot, yes. Cleet, I think that was her name. And then there was Duke, who unfortunately had died as well because of Vault Scaris. So Vault Scaris is out there with his tie defender. I love that. When Hera notices that he's out there and he has his his two wingmen, she takes them out in like two shots, and then he goes Cindula. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I really loved how they like very subtly set up this the rivalry, the rivalry, yeah, <laughs> between these two pilots. Like they've never shared any scene together or talked or anything, but you know that. She knows of him and he knows of so her. her. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting how they develop that. Then you have the ghost crew on the ground and they're putting explosives on the gun towers. There was that funny scene where Ezra's in the speeder bike and he tells Zeb, hop on. <laughs> And Seb goes, no, you know, this is not how it works. Yeah, this is not how it works. Nope. Hop on. (laughs) (laughs) I love that he found it so amusing. (laughs) But Ezra, Ezra's trying to be, you know, mature. That's the same thing with the vents last week. You know, he doesn't want to do something that he was doing when he was a kid. And so, you know, he he wants to drive. He wants to take the helm here. (laughs) And then you have Seb who just picks him up by the back, by the scruff of his neck. Poor Ezra. (laughs) (laughs) Then, you know, they blow up the Kun Towers and Price contacts Thrawn and says, you know, we're defenseless Defenseless. down here. And and again, very cool, very calm. He goes, on the contrary, Governor, it's quite safe. I won't allow a single rebel ship through my blockade. Which, (laughs) regardless of the fact that... It did not succeed in the sense that rebels did not manage to get down in one piece. And it did pass through his blockade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) If it weren't for his second Second wave, wave, they would have landed. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then Hera, back in space with Vault Scaris, she sees an opportunity. So she starts going for the Star Destroyer. Then Thrawn notices this and tells Vault Scaris to stop, stop pursuing her. And Scaris is no, he, he's intent on getting her. Which goes to, to the point that we have mentioned before. Yeah. You know, the um, incompetence, the incompetence and, and, and this notion that certain people have within the, the ranks that they're better and they cannot be overdone by anybody else, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he ends up playing into Hera's hands, like Thrawn was saying, and he goes, how unfortunate. Yeah. But do you think that they really had to shoot? Because they they hit Hera once, but it wasn't like a fatal shot. So it wasn't necessary for them to keep shooting. That was the plan, to keep shooting until hitting. But he got in the way, so he got the bullets. (laughs) You know? Yeah, that's That's true. That's why he says, how unfortunate. So they were 
indiscriminately shooting, which is why Tron told him to stay back. Right. He didn't listen. He dead. <laughs> he dead. He dead. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, before he actually dies, Hera ends up shooting part of the Star Destroyer to cause like some sort of rubble for cover. And I love that she she flies through that and then she locks her S-foils again, joins them together, and then does like this 360 move and then shoots Volt Scarce in the process. My mind was just like, this is amazing. It's like, <laughs> it, 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 it was like, I feel the need, the need for... Oh, uh, the Top Gun. Top Gun. It was like Top Gun, you know? <laughs> all, all that kind of maneuvering the, yeah, the thing dog fighting, and the, yeah. when, when, when the airplane go on top of the other yeah 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 <laughs> you know stuff like that yeah it's pretty cool <laughs> what they managed to do especially with the x-wing because i i'm trying to think of where other where else we've seen them other than in the movies there was the force awakens the force awakens gave you more in terms of what the x-wing can do because of poe dameron and because of the effects now that we have but back then there was only so much you could do with mm-hmm. the x-wings and the tie fighters but yeah what what they managed to do in this scene was pretty spectacular. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so that gave them their opening because in Scaris getting hit, he hit another ship and then that ship hit another ship. And that was it. And that blockade was massive. Yes. It had like 12 Star Destroyers. And thrown in your face, she went through it. <laughs> yeah, she did. She may not have landed. Well, but she did. But she may have, <laughs> her, her objective may have not been completed, but she ran through your blockade. Yeah, she did. She did. And someone had mentioned, I think it was Jedi Tink on Twitter, who said that she was understanding why the blockade was in one specific part of the planet. Like, why couldn't they go to another side of the planet? Visually, it makes sense. Why don't you just go somewhere else and enter the planet that way? But I, in coming out of hyperspace, there's the, that's why they call them hyperspace lanes. Mm-hmm. Because there's specific lanes that they need to be on in order and for them... And this is why the blockade was where they were. Situated there, yeah. I thought that when Rebels first started, I was like, why is this only happening in this one part of the planet? And it's, you know, through conversation that I've learned about this, this stuff. So hopefully, if she's listening or if anyone else had that similar question, now you know. Hyperspace lanes. <laughs> yes. Even in space, we have specific lanes yeah. for you to come in and go, go out and come in. Exactly. <laughs> And so Thrawn, I love that he says, regrettable, <laughs> but a testament to Captain Sindula's skill as a combat pilot. Like, <laughs> e- e- even in defeat, because if you want to think of it that way, that was a moment of defeat. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. even in defeat, he still admires her and he still <laughs> praises her. <laughs> but that's when he initiates that second wave. Yeah. It was a very deadly wave. Yes. And then first, I really loved the the setting. Just a beautiful blue night skies on Lothal. Man, those moons really light it up. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And and Joel Iron and everyone else who worked on that. That's just the lighting was spectacular. Of course, the Tie Fighters from that second wave. You can even see it on Hera's face. That. Yeah, because this is a problem. That's that was a large number of fighters, and they're a small contingent. And they already lost a couple. They they were small to start with, and they lost some they were before out, entering. Yeah. Even skilled pilots would be, you know... Taken down. Yeah, because there was too many. Right. It was too massive. 
Would you have preferred to have seen that battle or did you like how they executed it in that the ground assault team saw the after effects of that battle? I like the the view from the ground. Yeah. Because it puts a lot of things in perspective for the ones that are now down on the ground exactly who who are going to have to plan something to move different. ahead yeah. and 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 react differently because the plan is still going they need to stop these side fighters from being produced there is no no doubt about it but now it's basically all on them yeah yeah a lot of people thought that they wanted to see the battle to be honest to me it was more dramatic and more heartfelt seeing them that- fall from yes. the sky the way that they did. This is the scene that I saw in the um, trailer trailers mm-hmm. that made me go like, what? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I, I really like the way that they did yeah. it. And you phrased it well, was that from you're seeing it from their perspective. They, they're the ones that are going to have to take over now and make it happen. Yeah. So for us to see how they saw it, I think it was more important than for us to see what we are, we already know. Oh, it's already it, it's, happening up uh, there. Yeah. Exactly. And so. I thought the battle, the space battle, albeit short, I thought what they did up there was pretty cool mm-hmm. visually. So I, I didn't need to see more of it because I, I definitely, like you said, wanted to see it from their perspective, from the ground's perspective. And so... The strike force was completely decimated, and Thrawn ends up ordering Rook to find any survivors that have crash-landed into Capital City. Kanan, in that moment, he tries to contact Hera. You can hear the desperation in his voice. Ezra comes up to him and tells him, we will find her, Kanan, I promise. You you said it. Your comment was that it was a reversal of of the roles. roles. And it was. And it goes to show it's easy to give advice to tell people, calm down, don't do this, don't do that, when it's not you in the moment. Exactly. And I think we we sometimes, in in the way we approach people, we forget that what if we were on that, on those shoes, while we were on the other side. Mm -hmm. And we tend to say things in a way that sometimes are more detrimental to that instead of helping we're hindering cause the hindering yeah but yeah this time Ezra was the mature voice but he was in that situation before yes. so he knows i really loved how like you said how they switched Switch, uh, the roles and now it's Kanan going on cowboy do, yeah exactly <laughs> what what Ezra would have done but yeah. actually Ezra did, did. In season one, yes. when Kanan had been captured. Yeah. And that, you mentioned it last episode, I love pointing out parallels and, and picking up references. This entire first half of the season pulled out a lot of references and parallels from the first season. Yes. Because now you have Hera well, who's you, captured. You, you're coming full circle. Oh, yeah. It's a full circle you're, you're, situation. You're tying it, yeah. the, the whole story out. It, it's ending. Yeah. So it always ends at the beginning. Right. You know? Yeah. And... You have Kanan later on separating, and that's sort of how Ezra wanted to go grab information regarding how to uh, how to find Kanan. Yeah, 
and whatnot. And he, you know, he ended up going to Vizago and whatnot. And a whole bunch of stuff happens. I don't even remember anymore. <laughs> I have to go rewatch the season. But yeah, I really liked how they both experienced this attachment and how it pulls them the wrong way. Yeah. It's funny how Fulcrum in season one, who turned out to be Ahsoka... It's sort of it like the wolf, wolf where it tells to, to stop. stop. Yeah. This, you know. Analyze what it is that you're doing. doing. Hera ends up going against those orders, mainly because of Ezra and everyone else. But it makes me wonder what Kanan's ultimately going to yeah. do. But anyway, moving on, we have Chopper and Hera who've crash landed. And I love the fact that they crash landed in an alleyway that has a poster of Chopper, <laughs> a wanted poster, poster on the wall. <laughs> And, and then you have the citizens coming up trying to help. Oh, well, first of all, the fact that you have Chopper in the similar situation where he was during the Clone War. Yes. Where he had crash landed. Yes. And he found out his pilot had died. And you remember that scene in, Her- in Hera's Heroes, I think it was called. And here he, he, he's, he's basically talking to her. Yeah. Calling wake up, her. Wake, wake up. up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. You know? My God, that that hurts. Um, And then you have the citizens of Lothal trying to help, you know, trying to tell her what to go. And yeah, they use the same models. They use the same characters that they've used in the background before. Who cares? (laughs) I love how fans just like pick at those little moments. They're like, oh, they use the same models. I'm like, whatever. They needed people there. (laughs) (laughs) They're not going to spend all this money on making a new model for just two seconds. But anyway, you have Chopper's transmitter that's not working. Yes. So she's trying to contact Kanan and Ezra, and unfortunately they can't. And I love that Kanan was the first thing to come out of her mouth, contact Kanan and Ezra. So beautiful. (laughs) Um, And then Kanan, with everyone else, they're they're riding all cool and and whatnot on their bikes. And that's when Kanan stops. And he decides to turn back. Yeah. He says, no, I need to do this. Yeah. And then Ezra says that he understands they unfortunately don't help. And there were people who thought that Ezra was out of character in that moment because he is a character who goes to help. So I wanted to read this quick message from Sabrine Renz on Tumblr. Two ends. They wrote, I've seen a number of people complaining that Ezra's reaction to Hera crashing was too subdued and that it was out of character for him to not go rushing off to save her. But I think that ignores how much Ezra has grown. We've seen him struggle with with his fear of losing the people he loves, which were only exacerbated after Malachor when he blamed himself for what happened to Kanan and Ahsoka, causing him to make a number of reckless decisions. Ezra's arc is largely about him wanting to help people and figuring out the best way he can do that. He's realized that rushing off to save someone with no plan can not only get himself killed, but can hurt the very people he's desperate to save in the first place. (laughs) And they wrote in in parentheses, hello, twin sons, (laughs) (laughs) by making sure the rest of the group gets away safely, respecting that Kanan himself wants to try and help her and trusting Hera to take care of herself while they regroup. 
Ezra's not only acting as a leader in the way Kanan and Hera do, he's finally able to know when he needs to let go of all the guilt and fear that have ruled his decisions in the past. That doesn't mean he's not worried about Hera. It just means he's being smarter about things this time. You know, we, we just need to open the floor to our, our listeners because uh, they say things so much better than we do. Well, I hope they become a listener. This was actually me going through Tumblr and all these oh, other places. Okay. So I saw this. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to add that to But this our is notes. awesome that, right? that people are seeing the same things we're seeing. Exactly. They're saying it better than we do, <laughs> I know. but they're seeing Which it. Which is why I added it. I was like, I know mommy's going to say something good, but this person really phrased it no, really well. No, this is awesome. <laughs> and it's Because just, it is. Yeah. It, it, he has reached... A level of maturity. He's learning. This is what growing up is all about. Oh, yeah. And I've always seen this story, not just as a Star Wars story and the story of Ezra, but as a story that, that repeats over and over in every family out there. It's a coming With, of age. It's, it's, it's a, exactly. It's a coming of age story. It's, it's people growing, learning from their mistakes, learning how to make proper decisions. This instance, yeah, we see him let go and we see him become the leader that Hera and Kanan have, have trained him to be. But that doesn't mean that later on, let's say there's a similar situation, he can actually regress and make that mistake. mistake. We're not perfect. We may have learned the lesson and we may carry it out at one point in our lives, but there's other points in time where it, it may not necessarily pan out that way. Our, our emotions will take over yeah. depending on the situation. But at this specific point in time, you have him carrying out the lesson that he's learned before. And I thought that was genius. Yes. Yay. And people need to calm down because I went through Reddit, mommy. Reddit is an evil place. <laughs> it's as bad as the YouTube comments. And I went through 400 and somewhat comments. And wow, the things that people say about this show. Thankfully, I've grown a thicker skin ever since season <laughs> one premiered. And I kind of ignore what they have to say. But there's a lot of what I call, there's this thing that people say that's called toxic masculinity. And it's basically the traits of guys being too toxic because yeah. of the, their mentality and the way they've been brought up. Well, I have taken that term and I've applied it to adulthood. So there's toxic adulthood <laughs> where adults kind of bash childlike lessons behavior. and behavior. Uh -huh. That's what I see in Reddit and in across the social media. Toxic adulthood. <laughs> well, let, let me just say something, okay? And this I say because I'm a, um, a student of humanity. I love taking time in my day just looking, watching, observing, listening to people. And let me just tell you, there's a lot of toxic adults out there. Yeah. This is why our world is in chaos and is in the way it is. Because there's too much toxicity out there. Yeah. There's not enough common sense happening. Or consideration. We need, we need to step back a little bit from adulthood <laughs> and start thinking a little bit more like a young person. Because 
In a good way, though. No, 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 in a good way. Yes, yes, yes. You know what they say? The youth, it's wasted on the young. Yeah, you've mentioned that before. This, yeah. is, this is why. It's we, as adults, have so many experiences and learned so much that we wish that we were younger so that we can apply that knowledge. So there's a lot of adults who forget that those lessons are not to make us old and toxic, mm-hmm. but to make us see life from a more younger perspective and apply that knowledge to a younger vision. And we lose that. We lose that. And we allowed it to happen. We allowed these things to happen to ourselves because it takes effort. It takes a lot of you to always try and keep yourself. Look at at, at your uncle, Pio. Why we get along so well is because he keeps that youthful. Oh, yes. You know. I learned uh, half the humor I have in my in my head is because of my uncle. You know, and, and you need to do that. You need to do that because it's only one life. Yeah, he yeah he works like any other person. He pays his, uh, pays bill, his bills, has his kids, raises his family. But it, but then you have moment you have hours of him playing Final Fantasy <laughs> <laughs> and Eorzea or wherever the heck that is. Oh, he has his all his. <laughs> Little farm or whatever yeah. it is that he has. And the, and the Pokemon that he used to collect. <laughs> and Like, he still collects. Like, he has games where he's purposefully collected all these Pokemon to just be on top and be and, everyone in my family. But not with a vision of what, how much money can I make out of this. Right. But with a vision of... Let me enjoy it. Yeah. Let's enjoy it. Let, yeah. I, I'm going to make these kids, you know, happy. I'm going to make them laugh with right. what I'm going to do, yeah. you know? It's something that I appreciate that he's shown me over the years, which is why I'm the person the way that I am. I, I brush things off on social media because why get mad at it exactly there i don't ha- i don't want to waste my energy on that anyway we veered off on a tangent here <laughs> <laughs> so we have uh hera who ends up uh, no they end up capturing the poor latrullian pilot the, yes, the, the, the first one yeah, that, get, that, was, yeah. that was so sad I, and they're probably gonna put them in like the spice mines of Kessel. But I, wa- I wonder how many of them ended Survived. up surviving. Yeah. I don't know. They didn't show them all and they didn't say a number. But I'm hoping maybe. It'll, it'll be interesting. Uh, uh, You know, things like in the Star Wars Insider magazine, they tend to do stories. It'd be an interesting story to put in there at some point in the future. Um, And then you have Hera who finds Mart. Thankfully, because people were like, oh, he should have died for emotional impact. I'm like, no, No. come on. I don't need emotional impact. I had had enough emotions. Or people saying (laughs) that they just wanted him to die because they didn't like the character. He kicked butt in this episode, let me tell you. Yes. (laughs) So you have the little R3, A3. I was so sad. We had seen him before in, in Iron Squadron. And unfortunately, in trying to protect his owner his friend really uh, he got immobilized and that's it for our three I don't know I, I like in my mind I'm like maybe they went back for him or something <laughs> <laughs> try to like revive him or maybe somebody found him, him and, and revives you know. him yeah I hope so and Hera commandeers the troop transport and rams into the stormtroopers and I also love that Mart you know didn't just stand there he took action and yes. took the blaster and started shooting them too and you know she asks him if he's okay and he says general 
General Sindula. Did you catch that? Yes. Did you? I, I, I did not catch it at all. My friend Stefan on on Twitter, he's like, "Did you catch that?" I'm like, "No." But I have to go rewatch the episode. But she is not a general yet. No. Uh, well, she is. She is a general. Yeah, General Sindula. She was Captain Sindula. But she moved on. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Oh. I thought she was going to be general later on. No, he said General Sindula. Okay. Yeah. And and so they must have promoted her in the moment from the moment she said her speech. See, I heard that and I heard it as a fluke because to me she doesn't become a general yet, but based on what you're saying she's already a general. She's yeah, okay. he said yes, general. And then See, I I heard in a different tone. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> and then so yeah, so she was promoted at some point and I kind of wish that they showed us. I I don't know much of military at all, but I feel like sometimes promotions are given some honor ceremony, but then during times of war maybe they just go very quickly like congratulations you're you've been promoted now go take the like squad yeah. <laughs> and do what you need, you to, need do. to do yes I, I feel like during times of war those things are just very brief and they just happen yeah um you're just sent a message and you go it's cool that that they showed us how she became phoenix leader so we have an idea when sato promoted her so I guess, did we really need to see it? Probably not. I know some people wanted to see it. There's a little only limited time, I guess, really. Yeah, yeah they only gave us one episode, Jonah. Yes, they did only give us one episode. Yes. <laughs> and I'm still mad at that, Dave. <laughs> and then, and you know, the Martin and Hera are talking, and I love that Chopper comes in and hits one of the stormtroopers that had been yeah. waking up. <laughs> <laughs> and Rook ends up showing up. And Hera tells Chopper to scan for any sewage lines so that they can go ahead and find some cover. Rook ends up catching up to them. He knocks Mart out. But then you have Hera, who actually fights Fights back. back And good. Yeah. Like, Rook was not expecting that. No. Because he, I don't think he was expecting that level of, of... hand-to-hand combat because when you think of a pilot you think that they're only good yeah at that you don't really think of them as actually handy in other areas as well so yeah our Hera I love Mm -mm. that she did a lot of people have been talking about she did that Black Widow move yes and where she like grabs them with the legs and twists them them around around. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a pretty cool move Um, and then I have Adjua his email he also talked about this Adjua said the second half also touched a nerve as well as a person who spent decades studying the Japanese martial arts I really dug the grappling man Adjua you're so cool not only are you a pilot but then you studied martial arts like that's awesome (laughs) you said i really dug the grappling and striking choreography between rook and hera stylized to be sure but this isn't the first time the animation team has incorporated a bit of real world inspiration into fight scenes of course they introduced boken work into sabine's training with the dark saber and back in the clone wars the death watch commandos sometimes use aikido and jujitsu throws against their opponents while ahsoka would frequently use 
Shotokan karate. I always think I always think of Ross karate and strikes and Ross from Friends. I should say not everyone watches Friends, Jonah. So when Rook would frequently put people in the guard position, or when Hera used a sutemi or what he describes as sacrifice throw against him, I really appreciated that. Nice, yeah. That was interesting. Yes. I wish I had done that stuff when I was younger. I did a little bit of that when I was younger. I think it was maybe 12, 13. Oh, that's cool. I wanted to, in college, I wanted to take this course called Filipino Kali, which was basically fighting with two sticks. Because they reminded me of, you know, lightsaber and, <laughs> and whatnot, <laughs> fighting with two. Um, it also reminded me of Taylor from Stargate Atlantis. So I was like, man, I really want to take this course. And every time I tried to sign up for it, it always conflicted with another course. All four years it happened to me. <laughs> and I, I could never take the course, the freaking course, because it conflicted with something else. I was so sad. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then you have Chopper, who again comes to the rescue and shocks. Yes, Rook that on was the back. good. That was when 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 he did that. I went like, yes! yeah, because I honestly, to be, I I thought that was when Keenan was gonna yeah, come, come in. in. Yes, and instead it was Chopper. Yeah, which is really cool <laughs> because yeah. Chopper has her back. Yeah, <laughs> and and I really like these interactions within this episode because it leads up to the heartbreaking scene at the very end. Where he goes, Hera, let's go. And unfortunately, Hera stays behind. And so you have Kanan, who's in the process, still still heading back. Yeah. <laughs> so he wasn't anywhere uh, near. Every single time there was one of these moments that we were like, this is where when Kanan is going to come in. This is Kanan is going to jump in now. <laughs> I thought the same thing. And of course, he's still driving yeah, back. Yeah. And and then that's when he stopped by one of the loft bulbs. And the, you notice it because the lights are flickering. And it's weird because sometimes when I'm outside and I'm walking, the lights flicker as well. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's a loft wolf. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or a ghost. Who knows? A forced ghost. I would go more with a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, and then you have Kenan who's pissed off. The fact that this wolf came out of nowhere. And he says, I I don't have time for this. He goes on to say that if you're not going to help, then get out of my, my way. way. Mm-hmm. And the loft wolf appears again and it growls at him. I really like that. And Kanan asks the wolf what it is that it wants. What is it that you want? This time the loft wolf says doom but it's not doom his last name it's doom d-o-o-m some people are like is that a mistake is that intentional (laughs) what is it that they're trying to tell us i think it was intentional again because of the fact that the script this is something that's been incorporated into the script and they use the script to do the closed captions as to why it said the word doom, D-O-O-M, I'm thinking it's because if Kanan had gone the rest of the way... It will be. It, he would have met his doom. He yeah. would have died. And he didn't have any backup. And as good as he is with his blindness, he does have some limitations. He's not infallible. And so 
Uh, let me see. Sandra said, Hey ladies, I can't believe we are already at the middle of season four. Rebel Assault is my favorite episode so far this season. It was full of nonstop action. We finally get to see our heroine in a tough situation. How will she survive being taken by the Empire? When the wolf appeared in front of Kanan to stop him from going after Hera, I was completely taken aback. Hearing the wolf repeat the name Doom, which actually we just clarified is D-O-O-M. But for her, I reminded her of the Lion King when Mufasa reminded Simba, remember who you are. And I I love that. I think Caleb Doom was destined to become someone, something far more greater than Kanan Jarrus. It's time for him to reclaim his place. Any thoughts on what the wolf said to Kanan? The wolf definitely told him something, which (laughs) is what I know. It's annoying me because we're not going to get to know. But definitely there was some sort of communication and it's going to be what's going to happen next and it most likely has to do with whatever rescue mission there's going to be and the success of them stopping the factory situation my theory And it sort of came up because I was reading Reddit again, and I'm going to read the comment that this person said later on during the listener question and comment portion. He and I were thinking along the same lines, which is the wolves have this crazy ability of appearing and reappearing um, and disappearing. You kind of get the impression that the whole tunnel thing that they do in Kindred is something that isn't restricted to just tunnels, literally a tunnel. I feel like you can use it walking from one end of the room to the other. And so I think the wolves sort of have that in mind to show Kanan maybe how to do this. Maybe this is a Jedi skill that can be learned. And so if Kanan is able to learn that, and be able to do that himself, maybe that's how he might infiltrate (laughs) the Imperial base or wherever Hera is, you know? If you can come in and out like a ninja, literally literally like a ninja, (laughs) appear and disappear, go into the shadows and you're no longer there, come on. I, that's what I'm thinking. I, I That is way out there. I don't know whether that's true or not, but it's a possibility. And that's what the wolves do. That's certainly what the Bendu did. The Bendu uh-huh. did the same thing. He appeared, reappeared. Maybe the Bendu also had that sort of ability. And so Kanan, maybe that's what they're trying to show him. And, and maybe this is what he figures he must do. We'll see. We'll see. 2018. Uh, And so, you know, Kanan takes off his mask and he says, I understand. This is the part that kind of sort of annoyed me a little bit was the fact that he's mad, he's pissed. The wolf appears, he says doom. And then Kanan just goes from being pissed to I understand. I thought that was, I thought it was a very choppy scene in that way that it was written i thought they need there needed to be another transition sentence from him in that moment like like another maybe outburst or something um and then the the wolf says something differently remember we got just one episode i know i know i'm just (laughs) 
I just thought that scene was was um yes it, as pivotal it, it, as it was. You, you, it was you do get the feeling that that is a 180 degree switch. Yeah, I was just like, what happened? Yeah. You were just mad, and, and all yeah. of a sudden you understand. Yeah. I, I don't get it. At least my friend and I were talking actually, and she said uh, when Kanan removes his mask after he's called Doom, it's almost like it's a separation between who he is with it on and him with it off now that the wolf is involved. And he knows how powerful the wolf is and how connected to the force it is. It could be calling back to his training and knowing that he needs to think and act more like a Jedi. So that's what I thought, too. I thought this wolf in stopping Kanan, it was more of you need to remember who you are, who which is what Sandra, what, said. what Sandra said. You need to remember, remember who, you who, are. who you are. You are a Jedi. And these attachments, these material earthly attachments, you need to separate yourself from that and you need to let go, which is what I got from that scene. A lot of people on Reddit just did not know what they were looking at. And they were like, what was that scene all about? And I really wanted to like write back, but I didn't have the patience to actually sit there and write back to all of these like 100 comments that were so confused as to what was happening. <laughs> so hopefully they tune into Rebels chat. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, I that's the thing that I got from that scene was that you need to remember that you're a Jedi and that you need to step back and reanalyze where what you're doing. Then we have Hera, Martin, Chopper who are trying to find a hatch, and of course it's being guarded, so they have to come up with a distraction. And I love that Hera tells Mart that you're good at distractions, and he's like. <laughs> I am? <laughs> well, you are now. <laughs> um, and then she uses the speeder that's nearby to ram into the ATDP. Someone pointed out and said that because the ATDP was just, it kept going and it was slowly turning around. Like Mark could have come back and they could have gone down the hatch together. That would have been too convenient. But what I love about this scene was that Ajeda is not the only one that can take those things down. Oh, yeah. Because we've seen Kanan Because we, we've seen out, take, yeah. Yeah, Kanan jump and come and swoosh with that um, lightsaber. lightsaber and take them down. This time, it wasn't Kanan and there was no lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> it was Hera. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Although he took out uh, AT-ATs like that. But yes, but technically. Still, yeah. You know. <laughs> She could, she did it. She managed to take it down and she was such an expert at what she was doing. And Mart and Chopper end up going through the hatch to escape, but Rook, of course, appears up with them. And he takes her down. And there's that moment that I mentioned earlier of Chopper saying, Hera, let's go. You can actually hear him say, Hera, let's go. And she, she actually closes the, she shoots the controls and, and the hatch closes on its own. Caleb Bedford, um, who is someone on Twitter that I recently was talking to, he said... My questions about the mid-season finale episode of Rebels was that I've listened to a lot of podcasts, watched a lot of Rebels episode breakdowns on YouTube, and nobody that I've listened to or watched has mentioned anything about the actual true emotion you feel when Chopper calls out to Hera just before she shoots the sewage hatch to close. I mean, was I the only one who felt emotion in that moment? No. <laughs> no, no. And how... The heck did the artists, director, writer, and producer get me to feel more emotion for an animated droid than anything in all of the movies? Maybe I'm just a softie, but I believe that I it really shows true skills if you 
can make someone feel emotion about a droid who doesn't want to leave his master and be captured. Also, staying on the topic of Chopper, did you notice that when they crashed, the slight undertones of a droid struggling to cope with the PTSD, the fact that he crashed during the Clone Wars and lost his partner, and now he has crashed again, and heroically overcoming it, it spoke to me as an ex-Defense Force member suffering from my own PTSD and having to overcome episodes on a regular basis. I know everyone is all about the Loth wolves and what they represent, but I just wanted to know if anyone saw what I saw in that episode. Yes, we did. We did. And first of all, thank you for yes. your service and what you've done and the fact that you have to deal with this. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy that Chopper is there to reflect those sort of emotions um, and, and what goes on in, in someone's mind. And we we had actually had spoken about the yeah, PTSD in, in the episode, episode yeah. when um, they go into Hera's homeworld and and basically Chopper has to confront yeah what well, he's what the, the 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 space the area where he had crash landed yeah and where where Hera found him yeah and, and you see him battling and and trying to move yeah but not being able to yeah yeah it's it's very heartbreaking and the fact that you have a droid who for a lot of people is just on box of nuts and bolts. Yes. But then we've talked about in the yes. past how these things evoke emotion. They represent what we want to see in us that we, we, for whatever reason, society constructs and whatever, we, we stop ourselves from being. We put all of this into those droids. Yeah, they're always the the good guys. Yes. and um, Except for the ones that are programmed to kill. kill. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yes, uh, Chopper. We we did see that that struggle when he was in, still in the cockpit, mm-hmm. trying to get loose, mm-hmm. and then going and actually trying to wake like he up. He lifted Hera. it up himself. Yeah, and, and, and tried to get her out of there because he he is confronting that moment where the first one died. She he doesn't want Hera to die. Right. And we see him going against Hera dying the whole episode. Because yeah. every single time that Chopper has one of these scenes that that he saves the day that you and I were Canaan is coming, Canaan yeah. is coming and it turns out to be Chopper. Yeah. It, it goes to the whole trying to preserve her, trying to keep her alive. Yeah, it's sort of like what R3 was doing for Mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? What, yeah. what was this droid going to do against three stormtroopers? But it was still trying to protect them. Yep. S- same for Chopper. He hit that stormtrooper. He shocked Rook, and he was willing to do something in that moment when he was saying, "Hera, let's go." Um, and unfortunately, Hera closed the hatch on him. So, oh man, that that's beautiful stuff. And and we've seen their relationship in very small moments. You have. Chopper, when he first met AP5, he talked about crash landing and and meeting Hera and how Hera saved him, repaired him. And then you have when he was taken over by the listeners. Yeah, and uh, and then the the Hera. Don't mess with my joy. Don't mess with my (laughs) joy. And she, they felt the 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 brunt of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they they've placed all these moments strategically throughout the series so that when this moment happens, you feel it. Yes. And you can tell that when Chopper comes out of that sewer and sees Kanan, he's sad. 
Yes. And we move on to Mart and Chopper, who are following the rebel symbols, like how they were when they were stuck in the sewers before. And that's where Kanan waits for them. And I'm assuming at this point, they didn't show us, but I'm assuming Chopper had contacted Kanan once they were outside the city. Because that's what Hera had told them. Mm -hmm. Because the the Empire was jamming um, transmissions and signals. Maybe once we're out of the city, we can contact them. And I'm assuming that's what happened. And that's why Kanan showed up randomly where they were. And so Kanan says, there's nothing you could have done, but there's something that I can do. What is it, Kanan? What aren't you telling us? <laughs> 2018. 2018. <laughs> um, Patty said, I was so worried when Kanan went after Hera. Actually was relieved that the wolf, Loth Wolf stopped him. Now I wonder what task the Loth Wolf has for him. Also, I know that your mom was saying the same thing as I was. Dave, what does it all mean? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, what? (laughs) I'm like, I really don't know how I'm going to do this. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know what to expect. And I really love that throughout the season so far. And Stefan asked us a great question that we're going to address soon. But it was, you know, what predictions did you make that were wrong? And I have a whole list. (laughs) Because I thought, oh, we're going to see this and we're going to do that. And I turned out to be completely wrong. So, yeah, I I don't know what to expect. They really really come out with stuff that I don't see coming at all. And I honestly don't see what's coming next. And this is what makes it great. Yeah. (laughs) If you can figure it out, where is the surprise? Exactly. Why finish the book? You already know what's going to happen. But like when we were doing the, the Harry Potter books. Oh, yeah. What kept us going? And we wanted to read more and we wanted more and we wanted more because it's that ability of doing the unexpected yeah. and keeping you on your toes, not knowing exactly what's going to happen. Because every time you figure one thing, it turns out to be something yeah. else. Yeah, which is why I really like the show Once Upon a Time. time. Mm-hmm. Like, I know it's lost a lot of viewers given the, the direction it's gone. But I really loved the development of certain stories and plot lines because you were like, oh my god, I did not expect that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. And then moving on, we have the fact that Kanan, Mart, and Chopper leave. They go away from the city and the wolf is there standing out of nowhere again, out of thin air, and is looking at them ominously. I don't think it was ominous as more more of marking a point, a change. Oh, that makes sense. You know? Yeah. Like, this is... This this, this is where we're going now. Yeah. You know? Okay. Amy Ratcliffe wrote on Twitter, Joel Aaron once told me to pay attention to the lighting on Palpatine's eyes in Star Wars The Clone Wars. When lit from underneath, something sinister was happening. So, of course, I noticed the Lothwolf's eyes in Star Wars Rebels. And what the heck? (laughs) Because that's exactly what she saw. So, my question to you was, do you think it was sinister? You know, because Kanan had used that word before, sinister. So do you think that maybe some twist would be that the wolves might be sinister? Because wolves, not all wolves are good. Not all wolves are guides. That would be messed up, right? Yes, it would. Yes, it would. Very messed up. And I would be very, very angry if that were to be the case. 
And actually, in my response to her, I'm going to read it off because I didn't remember exactly what I said. I said, um, given the Lothwolf and Lothcat's reaction to the Empire, specifically them growling at the Empire in Flight of the Defender, I'm inclined to think that they are forces for good. Then again, the ends don't justify the means. If their intentions are not good in order to get a good outcome, then that's a problem. And it could be that Kanan is playing into their hands. And I I specifically wrote pause. Pause. (laughs) Playing into their pause. Like Kanan said, it's how we choose to fight that matters. So my, my thing is, yeah, the wolves can be forces of good. But what if the way that they want to go about doing what it is that they want to do isn't good? And and that I see more of a possibility only because we are talking about animals, about nature protecting itself. And you know that the movie, this this movie got so criticized. And I, I, I love the idea, the whole concept of it. That the M. Shyamalan movie where the nature is coming against humanity. Oh, the so, happening. The happening, you know. It got criticized incredibly. And to this day, I still don't know why. Because it is an amazing concept. If you think about it, if you really pay attention and you really think about it, it is an amazing concept. This is nature taking over and telling humanity enough is enough. Yeah. But then the way they went about doing it was wrong. Was wrong. Yeah. Because as humans, we see that type of behavior as wrong. Yeah. So that I do see as a possibility. The Loth Wolf is part of the nature of Lothal. So in protecting itself, in protecting Lothal, it may end up choosing the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And we have heard Canaan several times say, It's not that we fight, it's how how we choose choose to fight. fight. Yeah. You know? So that I could see. See them as sinister, like you say, the way they growl. (laughs) You know? (laughs) And and the Lothka has always been there for good. Yeah. and, And as a force of good. And the Lothka definitely is companion to the Loth Wolf. So I don't see them as being sinister, but I do. Honestly, can see that possibility where their way of going about saving the the whole spirit, the whole essence of what lawful is, could be not, wrong. Yeah, yeah, and maybe that's the point where Kanan veers off. Yeah, and it might cost him his life. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> um, and then some final thoughts. I really liked. There was a conversation that I had in the past with Stefan where we kind of talked about Cham. And Ezra, I don't know whether I brought it up in the podcast last week. Cham and Ezra, it's sort of a a reversal. Whereas Cham was so focused on Ryloth that he wasn't looking at the bigger picture. And then you have Ezra, who was focused on the bigger picture, who is now very focused Focused on on Ryloth. uh, On Lothal. And and yeah, I think I might have said it. But just in case, I just wanted to throw it out. No, I don't think you said (laughs) it. I would have remembered. Okay. (laughs) So yeah, Stefan and I had talked about that. He brought it up. And I was like, oh my God, that's a fantastic point. And then, of course, other parts of the trailer that we hadn't seen was the Tarkin and and Ezra waking up in the field. There was a moment in that trailer where he goes, what? What's going on? (laughs) He wakes up in the middle of the field. What was that about? Was he just being transported? And someone, Celtic505 on Reddit, they said i always assumed it was a dream but now i'm guessing it's him awakening after the loth wolves transport him during the second half of the fourth season so maybe that's why he wakes up randomly in the middle of the field i have no idea why only him uh, him because so far the wolf has has always wanted to bring canaan into the picture 
So now him alone. Why is Ezra alone? Yeah. Imagine if, I don't know whether this is going to be the case, but if Ezra, going back to my little theory of them learning how to go about doing it, if he he messed up somehow, got knocked out, (laughs) and he's like, wait, what happened? (laughs) So we'll see. Yeah, we'll we'll see. see Yeah. Rebels Chat is a member of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. Explore more great content and get to know our sister shows at WeAreEscapePods.com and on Twitter at WeAreEscapePods. The Star Wars Escape Pods Network, promoting positivity in fandom. And going into listener questions and thoughts, Michael said, Based on all that I learned about Thrawn, I knew that the rebel attack force was going to be destroyed. Hera is amazing and did her best against Thrawn, but she underestimated him. Did either of you think this would happen? I don't think Hera underestimated Thrawn. I think she overestimated herself herself and the force that she was commanding, you know? Yeah, I see what you mean. Because she knows who she's going against. But they have gone against so many difficult positions in the past that there was no other way. And like she said, because she said it, and she said it clearly, even if we do not succeed. So there was this possibility possibility that this was not going to succeed. But even if we don't succeed, at least we show the empire and that, they did. And they did. that Because let me tell you, they broke through that blockade. Yeah. <laughs> so Just that yeah. little number. Okay. Yeah. So can you imagine what can be done with a larger force? Exactly. And this is what she was going for. Yeah. Even if we don't succeed, we would have struck a blow at the Empire and show them that we are not going to take it anymore. Exactly. And they succeeded. Mm-hmm. So if, in if respect, anything, yeah. in that respect, the whole thing was a success, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. And, and Ryan Kidd and I were talking on Twitter and he said, great episode, but I'm curious, where did Phoenix Squadron get the X-Wings? When did Hera become general? Where are Wedge and Javi? Where's the rest of Iron Squadron? Who was the other pilot they captured and couldn't speak basic? <laughs> so going one by one here, Phoenix Squadron and how they got the X-Wings, I know a lot of people wanted to know this specific detail. To be honest, I don't think it was important, but in terms of, you know, fans who want to know these origins and whatnot, it could be that um, just like how Ezra and everyone else got the Mm Y-Wings for General Dodonna's group, some other group could have gotten the the X-Wings for you know, whatever purpose, and they brought those in knowing that they were going to be facing this Didn't battle. Didn't they get a destroyer at one point? They, they No, they got the um that big thing that stores vessels and whatnot. Well, maybe they could have been there. No, no, because it's not an Imperial ship. Okay. Yeah, so maybe, maybe it was something Quarry built. Yeah. Quarry is still in the game somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he, he envisioned the ship and it got started getting made. The thing is, they don't have the money for it. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm curious, too, as to the origin and where it came from. But hopefully it'll, it'll be unveiled in some other story. But for the purpose of this, this particular story, it didn't need to be 
president. Um, where did when when did Hera become general? It had to have happened. I, 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 I was asking myself the same thing because I thought it was a complete fluke when he called her general. No, yeah, it was sort of like a foreshadowing of the future. No, no, it so, turns out she's already a general. I think it was just done in passing. You know, like you're a general now, go do your thing. Where wedge and hobby? My question exactly. I don't know where wedge and hobby were. They honestly couldn't be put into this because they can't die. So it could be that they're contributing to some other mission somewhere else. Where is the rest of Iron Squadron? Thankfully, he had asked us before Rebels Recon premiered. So Rebels Recon actually answered that question for us. And, you know, Guti and, and John are somewhere on Yavin 4 doing, doing stuff. Um, and then who was the other pilot they captured who couldn't speak basic? The Latrullian pilot. I wish to know more about him, too. Um, I really hope that they manage to rescue him <laughs> because I'll be really sad, sad. Yeah, if he gets been made into, you know, slave or something. Oh, gosh, I hate that empire. <laughs> um, the far bright center on Tumblr, they wrote... Kanan and Hera have always been poised to be the perfect example of how a Jedi can have an incredibly deep romantic bond and yet still be able to fulfill the will of the Force. In other words, still be able to be a Jedi in the truest sense of the word. If anything, I would argue that Kanan has only been able to find his real-life purpose because of his romantic and adopted familial attachments. We have to remember that it was protecting Hera and the ghost crew that gave him a reason to re-embrace that side of himself and finally openly be a true Jedi again. Kanan has never really cared about fighting another war. Rather, he's always been there primarily to protect the ones who are fighting. And thus, it thrills me to think that regardless of whatever esoteric role Kanan is being summoned by the Lothwolves to fulfill, he is none the less doing it to protect and save the ones he loves. I love that. And then Claudia on Tumblr, she said as well on the same lines, anyone else loving the fact that Kanan does everything in his power to move away from Caleb, from the Jedi, from the Force, but his love for Hera always literally puts him right back into it? He thinks she's his path away from the Jedi way, but paradoxically, she's the exact thing that always pulls him back. Luminous being is she. (laughs) It's true. He's always trying to be the opposite, and it is becoming a Jedi that has made them even closer. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really love the way that they wrote those thoughts down. And I, that was, those were the things that I found on Tumblr where I was like, hey, by the way, I'm going to insert this in Rebels chat. <laughs> and, and, and this is why that is about the only concept that I do not agree with the whole Jedi religion is the absolute yeah. concept. Because there are no absolutes. The moment you start thinking they are, it's the moment you you fall off, yeah, of so everything. Mm-hmm. And so, Pain Joker wrote on Reddit. My take on this is that the wolves told Kanan that Hera is about to die. See, Pain Joker and I are kind of along the same lines, but they showed him a way where he can switch with her, and then he takes her place and dies in her stead. Not really on the same lines, but I got, I got what Paint Joker was trying to say. Uh, that will give him a very noble death as he chose that path himself. No, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. No noble death 
here. But the whole switching thing. Yes. Being yes. able to transport yourself. Yes. In the way that the Loth Wolves are able to. The Loth Wolves are not switching with anybody else. No, no, They're no, no. They're going no. from one place to another. No, no, no. But in him in him going to one place, he may end up if taking her place wherever she is. If he's going that place, he might as well take her out with him. <laughs> Why stay behind? I don't know, can... mommy. Just like how Hera... No. Just like how no, Hera had no, to tell Chopper no. and Mart to go. No. No. Hera Kanan stays behind. No. <laughs> no. No. I'm I'm sensing that you don't agree with this. No. <laughs> uh, and then Agile's sorry. Fi- <laughs> Agile's final point um, in the in his email, he said, "Kevin Kiner still continues to amaze me with his music. Not only was the music in space." electrifying wisely drawing from williams when necessary that new theme for the wolves is so meditating and haunting i keep playing it over and over again side note i get an extra laugh whenever i watch jane the virgin and when they hit a romantic moment kiner sometimes uses his jazzy zero the hut theme i'm in tears every time i i did not realize that kevin kiner was working on the the, the music for Jane the Virgin. That's that's interesting. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> I don't watch Jane the Virgin, so that's uh, something I should get on, I guess, because people like it, but I haven't really been into it. It, it hasn't really... I, I know it could be about a whole different thing because mm-hmm. they, they say many th- good things about it. Yeah. But how the whole show the started, premise, the yeah. premise never attracted me. Me neither, Yeah. And so Stefan said, well, now that we've seen the first half of the final season of Rebels, what predictions have you had right and which were not even close? Okay, so here's my list. I thought Kanan and Ezra were going to fight Rook, specifically in that scene where he's dressed as a scout trooper and there's Jai. Mm -hmm. I thought Jai was Kanan and I thought they were going to fight Rook (laughs) afterward. (laughs) I got I did get the kiss right. Yeah. I knew that they were gonna kiss in that moment. And I <laughs> I wrote laugh out loud. I said that Hera and the crew stumbled across the Death Star construction field. When you know the the scene where Hera yeah, jumps yeah. into hyperspace? I thought that was a whole Death Star situation <laughs> right then. And then I have Ahsoka teaching them to transform into wolves. <laughs> That was so wrong. Yeah. I was so far off. Oh, I got... Uh, something else I got right was that I was hoping to see Jaikel and Iron Squadron. I didn't get all of Iron Squadron, but I got two. <laughs> two out of the four. I thought that the satellite mission was going to be a data extraction mission. It actually was not a data extraction mission. <laughs> I thought the workers with Visago were... From Tarkin Town. They were, they not, were not from Tarkin Town. <laughs> and I thought Rook was hunting Ezra in the furnace, but it was actually Captain Seavor. <laughs> um, and I'm sure there were plenty more, but those were the ones that I managed to pick up from reading my posts again. <laughs> were there anything that you thought? I that cannot even remember. remember? <laughs> no, don't ask me. I will have to go and watch all the the episode again. Hear me, hear myself talk, which I don't like, oh. uh, <laughs> and, and see what I predicted. I don't know. <laughs> 
I probably was wrong in everything. Because no. <laughs> there's definitely something I can say about this. And it's, you have no idea what's going to happen. Exactly. Yeah. Stefan also said, I didn't like that Rebels Recon didn't address March calling Hera general the whole episode. Did we miss a scene where that came up? Unfortunately, it never came up. And I was hoping they'd talk about it in Rebels Recon, especially in talking with Vanessa Marshall. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. Here's hoping will be covered in some form or another in the future. Uh, what are your predictions for the final half of the series? Perhaps uh, Inferno Squad appearance name drop? Uh, can't wait to hear you gals. So Inferno Squad is this um, Imperial squad that's appeared in some in a video game, Battle Battle Battlefront 2. <laughs> As you can see, I'm not really familiar with any of that stuff. So whether there is a reference, it's probably going to be super subtle just for those particular fans because unfortunately the rest of us won't really pick up on it. Although so far I've heard that there are some Rebels references in the video game. They mention Lothal, they mention Ezra, which is cool stuff. Cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And any predictions, Mommy? For the second half? No. I'm (laughs) abstaining from predicting. (laughs) No, um, definitely uh, this is going to be about what the the Lost Wolf real agenda is and how Ezra and Kanan are going to react to the whole thing and definitely about stopping the factory and the production of those TIE fighters. Right. Yeah, because we don't see them later on. So that is something that gets destroyed. Whether it gets destroyed by the rebels, I'm not sure. I feel like this is something that's going to come through the Imperial side. This is going to get shut down because of the Death Star. But That's my prediction. But it is easier to say no to a project when it's already not giving 100% of it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So the fighting that the rebels will be instrumental into helping that decision come along. That's true. That's true. Um, here's my wild crazy theory. <laughs> what if the key to all of this is Lothal's Jedi Temple? We saw the Inquisitors sort of infect it with their energy. Remember, I think uh-huh. it was back in season two, I want to say, where they were trying to open it and all the lines were red. Mm-hmm. So what if Kanan does the same thing, but this time he sort of acts like the Bendu? You know how the Bendu turned into like this storm-like thing? Wow, <laughs> this is a, cry, a, a wild and crazy theory. It is. I can't. I came up with it when I was half asleep in the subway. Okay, and that that would explain yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> uh, I had just eaten Doritos too, so maybe that factors in. Uh, so yeah, that's my wild theory. <laughs> he t- sort of turns into the Bendu. <laughs> um, and last but not least, we have Stella. Stella said in your last podcast, you mentioned we're all Thrawn. <laughs> Uh, when it comes to the workforce, so I had to share this. It was an image that she shared with Thrawn, Captain Slavin, and a stormtrooper. And the caption was, when you're surrounded by idiots. Yes. <laughs> Stella goes on to say, I'm fully convinced that just off camera, there's a tiny joy that follows Thrawn around and plays organ music for his entrance <laughs> <theme>. <laughs> I really love that idea. Um, After Hera got captured in Rebel Assault, all I could think was, no, I honestly have no idea what is going to happen to her, the team, or Lothal by the series finale. So I will anticipate everything, including every fan theory on the internet 
well, most almost every fan theory. And in the meantime, we'll be stocking up on plenty of good books, hot chocolate, and wool socks for this winter. Hope you and mom will have some time to continue the podcast during the winter hiatus by exploring other parts of the Star Wars universe. Stay warm and may the force be with you. Cheers, Stella. Ah, uh, always Stella. Yeah, so I, I really love the idea of Thrawn walking in with a... With his, joy. Own, <laughs> with his own entourage. Yeah, yeah. So that, that sounds pretty <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I have no idea what's going to go down, really. And as for Rebels chat going on through the winter, unfortunately, um, we don't have anything planned. Uh, we're just going to pick things back up when the show comes back early January. So, yeah, I, I, we'll, we'll be back then. But in the meantime, I'll definitely be taking a break myself because editing takes a lot out of me, man. <laughs> So definitely yeah, stay tuned I, for then. I, I just sit here and be pretty. Yeah, you you sit here, be pretty, be smart. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Um, and that's it. That's it for today's episode. Stay tuned for our next Rebels chat when we'll discuss the mid-season premiere. And of course, we might do an episode about the mid-season trailer because I'm sure we're going to get that. And that's going to probably break our hearts, mommy. <laughs> uh, don't tell me those things Jonah uh, in the meantime make sure to rate and comment on iTunes and Stitcher visit thewookiegunner.com and follow Rebels Chat and the Wookie Gunner on Twitter and if you haven't done so already please follow our podcast network on Twitter by searching for We Are Escape Pods and tune into Unmistakably Star Wars The Sky Talkers Podcast and Podme for more Star Wars news and discussion and may the force be with you always Thank you.